Welcome to Signal from the Noise by Podcast Notes, the best ideas from the world's best podcasts in minutes. Please enjoy the notes from the number 212, Stefan Guillenet, PhD, The Neuroscience of Obesity, The Drive with Peter Atia episode of Drive with Dr. Peter Atia. Introduction. History of Obesity and Population Trends. Quote, if we're comparing the body shape of people in modern affluent societies like the United States to what the typical human would have looked like 1,000 years ago, I think it's clear we're much fatter today on average with a much higher percentage of obesity. Dr. Stefan DNA. It's not to say there was no obesity in the past, we can see obesity even as far back as Egyptian mummies, but it was rare and often an indicator of wealth. Traditional Definition of Obesity, BMI Greater Than 30 The first good data on population health started in the 1960s, but obesity had already gone up since the late 1800s, early 1900 when obesity rates were low, as indicated by Civil War veteran metrics. In the earliest measures 1960s, obesity was around 12% in the U.S. among adults. Morbid-slash-extreme obesity, BMI greater than 35. There are more significant changes in higher BMI ranges, we're now approaching 9-10% to of U.S. adults in the morbidly obese range. Between the late 70s to early 80s, the obesity rates started to climb. Today, about 43% of U.S. adults have a BMI of 30 or greater. There's still a low prevalence of obesity in areas of food scarcity and less developed regions. Obesity as an indicator of health. In historical times, obesity was a marker of wealth. Obesity Paradox, a series of studies showed the relationship between BMI and mortality to be controversial, with most mortality taking place in the overweight or low end of the obese range, but you'd expect mortality to be higher in the more extreme range. Theory Explaining Obesity Paradox, a lot of diseases and illnesses that lead to mortality come with weight loss, for example, cancer, renal disease, Alzheimer's, etc., so the paradox is a casualty of the observational study design. BMI is a crude measure useful on population scale and for screening but take it with a grain of salt. Maximum attained weight method instead of BMI, compare current weight against the heaviest you've ever been and compare against health outcomes. Intentional weight loss does reduce all-cause mortality. Neurobiology of obesity. What does the brain have to do with obesity? The brain is the organ that generates behavior and contains a regulatory system for body fat in the hypothalamus. The hypothalamus engages physiological responses and is responsible for maintaining homeostasis. Hypothalamic obesity, tumors or damage to the hypothalamus causes extreme obesity. Hypothalamus as body fat monitor, lipostat, hypothalamus measures circulating leptin in the body and uses it to determine whether your body has as much fat as the hypothalamus wants it to and will react accordingly, for example, regulation of energy expenditure, fat storage, hunger cues, etc. Set point can be modified but you have to maintain the change to maintain the effect. Leptin made in adipocytes, in other words, the more body fat you have, the more leptin. Leptin in the bloodstream is correlated to fat mass and responsive to changes in energy balance, i.e., low-calorie diet for a few days will reduce leptin. Leptin resistance failure by leptin to perceive body fat so the hypothalamus thinks there's not enough, contributes to obesity since the body requires more leptin to avert the brain's starvation response. Heritability of obesity. Heritability, explains the differences between people that are due to genetics, not chance. 
the genes that regulate obesity have a heritability as high as 75% as seen in twin studies. High heritability of obesity explains why some stay thin while others struggle to maintain weight. Differences in BMI across individuals are genetically complex. Important markers of obesity studies, 1. It's important to keep people in their natural state and study genes, 2. Highly replicable, 3. Objective since it's not hypothesis-driven. People with obesity-promoting genes have a greater drive for food and lower satiety, but there have not been enough studies on this topic. There's some light evidence that there may be an influence of the intrauterine environment on obesity, meaning what's going on with the mother while you're developing in the uterus. Energy balance. Energy density of fat. There are good reasons to have some body fat. Energy hydrophobic. Don't need to hydrate fat cells like glycogen. The relative weight of adipose tissue is low. The primary cause of mortality in children under 5 is strongly related to low body weight because there's not enough energy storage in the body. Humans have a lot of fat storage compared to other animals. Carbohydrate insulin model diet and environment impact insulin signaling, and insulin signaling impacts body fatness which downstream leads to elevated calorie intake. In other words, the primary cause of fatness is adipose tissue increasing in fatness, increase in appetite and drive for food goes up to accommodate the reduction of circulating metabolic fuels caused by drive toward fatness. Under the carbohydrate insulin model, sleep disturbances or foods that trigger insulin are driving an environment, which is driving an increase in food intake. Energy balance model, basically opposite of carbohydrate insulin model, input of fuels in the system leads to increase of circulating metabolic factors driving energy balance into fat cells. The energy balance model takes into consideration brain regulation of body fatness and appetite, but it's regulated by energy expenditure via the brain. Modern food versus ancestral. Our food and taste have drastically changed over time. Our ancestors took food out of nature and cooked it. Nowadays our brains are set up to want better tastes, for example salt, seasoning, proper cooking, etc. Sugar and pure fat are calorie dense. Bliss point, the optimal concentration for enjoyment and reinforcement, dopamine release. The types of foods most addictive are generally a mix of carbohydrates and fat in optimal concentration, which triggers dopamine. We don't see foods in nature that trigger bliss point the same way as foods high in carbohydrate and fat. Dopamine-mediated reinforcement. Our bodies are set up to respond to certain nutrients and create a motivation and learning response that prioritizes and sets the seeking of those foods. The preference for sugar-containing foods is a part preference, part post-ingestive effect by neuropod cells. Nerve cells, specifically called neuropod cells, in the gut are collecting information about what's there and send that information up to the brain via the vagus nerve. Neuropod cells sense nutrients, particularly sugar, which activates areas of the brain that increase dopamine and cause you to seek out more of that food. It's harder to overeat protein, our body wants it but to a certain limit. The carnivore diet and weight loss. Carnivore diet thesis plants and almost everything is toxic except grass-fed products. Of course, the carnivore diet will lead to weight loss, in part because of calorie restriction. Near zero carbohydrate, the most fattening diets are rich in carbohydrates and fat. On carnivore, you're eliminating most carbohydrates. Protein packed, protein signals satiety. Reducing variety in diet so the body knows what's going on. Cutting out processed foods, this component alone can lead to weight loss and prevent excess intake. 
Cost-benefit analysis, it's true to some degree that some plants, whether inherently or in excess, can have adverse effects but the literature does not support the extreme nature of the carnivore diet. If you're curious, monitor your blood and see how your body responds. Biochemical changes, a shift towards the ketogenic state, changes in positive and negative directions in blood lipids, LDL cholesterol and particle count can skyrocket, dyslipidemia in extremes, this is all dependent on the individual. Weight loss factors to consider. For BMI 35 and higher experiencing loss in quality of life, it's worth considering medical intervention. We have safe and effective weight loss drugs now. Give the non-conscious brain signals consistent with your goals. 1. Control sensory cues in the food environment. 2. Be intentional about your eating and stop when you're full. 3. Know how many calories are in your food slash meal protein has the most satiety program. That wraps up the notes for this episode. Five-star ratings are very much appreciated. Don't forget to go to podcastnotes.org and subscribe to our free newsletter. The Top 10 Ideas of the Week. Every Monday.